Good morning from Stanford Christian Church. My name is Pastor Jeremy. Today we begin a sermon series on the life of Abraham. We begin in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham marks a transition in the story of God and his creation. In the beginning, God created everything that exists, and it was all very good. And then man sinned, corrupting it all and separating it from God. Things were bad. People were very evil and completely rejected God. God deals with sin by destroying every living thing in the flood except one man and his family who is faithful, Noah. And afterwards, sin still remains. So God moves to the next phase of his plan. He starts with a man named Abram. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, whose name is still just Abram at this point in the story, is born and raised in Ur of the Chaldeans. Scholars place them in southern Iraq. The people of this area were almost exclusively polytheists. They worshipped many gods. Ur is specifically associated with the Mesopotamian moon god, Nana, or Sin. How and when Abram came to be a monotheist is unknown, but somehow God revealed himself to him and maybe his family as well. It may have carried through Abraham's ancestors from Noah. Today we see God's plan and Abraham's response. I pray that we will also see that God has a plan for us, and then we will respond faithfully. One of the first questions that pops into mind when in this story is why God chose one person, this one family, to work and reveal himself. Doesn't God love everyone? What about all the other people? God's plan becomes clearer when we understand that God blesses Abraham to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Through Abraham and his descendants, God intends to bless the whole world. This promise was never just about Abraham or Israel. Just in case you missed it, God said, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God is going to work through Israel to reveal himself and his ways to, to, and, and to bless all people. Remember, eventually Jesus will be born to Abraham's descendants, and he will save the whole world. Jesus is the end fulfillment of this very promise. So God makes this promise to Abram, and Abram responds. Verse 4 reads, So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Abram took his family, including his nephew Lot, and traveled toward the land of Canaan. When they got there, the Lord appeared to Abram, and in verse 7 it says, To your offspring I will give this land. It is the promised land. Abram built an altar there and continued to move to the east, where he built another altar, and the text says, Invoked the name of the Lord. Now, you might ask, why didn't they stop in Canaan? Why keep going? Well, the timing isn't right. The text says that the Canaanites are in the land. There will be a day when the wickedness of the Canaanites reaches its max, and God is prepared to punish them and destroy their civilization, but that time is not yet. 
So they continue to move east. Abraham responds to God's promises in faith. He trusts God and goes. He doesn't know the how or the why or even the where. God says, go to the land I will show you. He doesn't tell him where he's going. He simply says, go. This is the response that God desires from us every day. It isn't about getting all the answers right or knowing everything about it. Every day, focus on Jesus and trust him and do your best to obey what he has revealed to you. When he says go or stay or do it or don't do it, trust him and obey. Do your best. A trust that tries. Now, one fun thing to think about is how did God say all this to Abraham? We always assume God speaks in an audible voice, but I'm not so sure. At times, the scriptures say it was an audible voice, but other times, it may be that God communicated in ways more familiar to us. He may have spoken to Abraham through the inclinations of his heart, the circumstances of his life, and using others to speak to him. He did not have the Bible like we do, but for us, it is the primary place God speaks to us. Now, God is not looking for you to be perfect or to have all the answers or do all the right things. Instead, he desires faith, trust that tries. Don't worry about falling down or messing up or going in the wrong direction. If that happens, trust that God will correct you, pick you up, and get you going in the right way. That is the whole point. That is faith. Go after him and do not stop until you get there. There is no scoreboard, no number of strikes before you're out. Instead, it is a journey just like Abraham's with wrong turns and slow days and obstacles and bad weather. But what matters is that we keep going day after day, week after week, holding on to him as tight as we can until he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. When preparing this text, I noticed something interesting about Abraham's family before he was sent to Canaan. Listen to Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 31. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abram's wife. And they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Isn't it interesting that Terah, Abraham's father, set out intending to go to Canaan? I don't know because it doesn't say, but I wonder if Abraham's father heard from God as well. It simply seems too coincidental that the scriptures record that he intended to go to Canaan, the promised land, and didn't. The very same place God sends his son Abram a few verses later. Terah set out for the promised land, but he settled in Haran. I wonder how many times along the journey Abraham wanted to settle. God has planned for you. How will you respond? Will you settle short of what God has called you to? Have you settled for church attendance when he called you to serve him? Will you settle for hearing others talk about a relationship with Jesus, or will you spend time with and get to know him yourself? Will you settle for calling yourself a Christian and coming to church once a week, or will you give your whole life to Jesus? and let him transform it. Will you settle for being blessed, or will you also become a blessing to others? Now, I know some of you in here have kids and grandkids who live far off. Will you settle for only a phone conversation? I mean, you don't have to drive. There's no fear of a flat tire or a wreck. 
and gas is pretty expensive right now. No, you will not settle for phone conversations. When you can, you are going to get in your car and go see your children and grandchildren and hold them in your arms and see them and spend time with them. So don't stop. Don't get complacent and comfortable with where you are with God. God always has something better for you. You're getting closer every day, but you're not in the promised land yet. There are still better days ahead of you, still work to be done, people to love and serve and point to Jesus to bless. Don't let the journey get too big and overwhelm you. We look at our lives and we have all these big things we want to do. I was going to be the perfect parent, you know. We got all these dreams of tucking our kids in tight at night and all the smiles and playing in the park and family fun game nights and teaching a ten of little angels the good things in life, right? Then before you know it, they're running around butt naked, eating powdered sugar in the kitchen floor and spray painting the dog. I'll let you guess which kid did that. We have perfect dreams about our marriages, our jobs, everything. But then reality happens. Listen, you will have to go through the wilderness to get to the promised land. You don't get to just show up at the party at the end. You've got to put in the work. You've got to be there on the rainy days, the sweaty days that seem like they will never, ever end. But you've got to keep going. Don't settle because what you have now is pretty good. and What is ahead seems hard and unknown. Don't settle. He says you are more than a conqueror. He has promised you to do great things through you. Don't feel inadequate. The Holy Spirit of God is in you. Don't focus on the whole journey. Just focus on the next step. Right now, today, pray to God and ask Him to show you the next step to the promised land. To be who God wants you to be, to receive the blessing He intends for you and to be a blessing to others. My bet is many of you already know it. If so, focus on that step and do it. Trust God to fill in the details and take the step. Step up and lead. Reach out to that person. Visit them. Go serve them. Join the church. Make your faith in Jesus public and be baptized. Start spending time with God every day in Bible study and prayer. Go to Sunday school next week. In Romans chapter 4, Paul picks up Abraham as the example of faith and proper response to God. Now, we're going to carry this chapter alongside the story of Abraham throughout this sermon series, and so I challenge you to read it at least twice a week throughout the sermon series. So starting in verse 16 of Romans chapter 4, Paul writes, For this reason the promise depends on, depends on faith, in order that it might may rest on grace so that it may be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. According to what was said, so shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead. For he was about a hundred years old in the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who has handed over for our trespasses and raised 
for our justification. The story of Abraham is our example of faith. Abraham has lots of victories of faith. We see that in the beginning of his journey today. He also has some failings. and You will not be perfect either. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust in him to redeem you, restore you, forgive you, and lead you to a better life. To bless you that you may bless others. God knows you. He knows your heart. He knows you're not perfect, but he knows that you love him. None of us can obey the law perfectly. In his grace and his mercy, he chooses to reckon your faith as righteousness. That is the law of Christ. Your trust in Jesus and his work and following him in faith, God recognizes as righteousness. A relationship with God is through faith. That is how you come to him. So God started with the faith of Abraham to go even though he didn't know where he was going or how he would get there. And the same one true God of all creation calls to you today. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Believe in him and call out. But not only to save yourself, to receive the blessing of forgiveness and restoration and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, but call out to become a blessing to those around you. God has blessed you to be a blessing. I thank you so much for listening to Stanford Christian Church today. Once again, my name is Pastor Jeremy. I hope that you'll go to our website, www.stanfordchristianchurch.com, and you can find out more about our church there. You can click on the Give tab to be able to give to our ministries. Also, click on Contact Us to be able to share prayer requests with us, and just let us know you're listening so we can connect with you. Once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com. Also, on Sunday mornings, we gather together for our worship gathering at 10.50 a.m., if you've never been there before, that's fine. Go to our website, and you can click on the first time tab. There's a little video there that tells you the best uh, the door most people come in, and it shows you where some things are when you come in, so you'll be comfortable and, and ready to come. So once again, that's www.stanfordchristianchurch.com, and we start at 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning. Hope to see you there. Have a great week. Love God, love others, and tell somebody about Jesus.